try to X things out in life, you know, that comes their way, thinks that all they got to do is take their finger and put on a, put on a window and it all goes away. But I get thinking about people too, think, well, maybe if I just go to church, if I don't walk down an aisle, it just all goes away. And the Bible says that except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So we, we need to have a, a Holy Ghost about us that lives inside of us, that's on down in the scripture. If you look at verse 28, it said, in him we live. That's something's got to control you. In him we live. We think, no, I'm just living. No, you've got to grab a hold. You, you're way too superstitious to think that you're living on your own. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. Let me tell you something. You done got secured for one or two places. In your decisions today, before you walk out that door, you will have secured where you're going to spend eternity. By your own, by your own choosing. And I couldn't hardly get that out because something else was coming to me. How people are, are say that maybe the security of the believer. I believe in the security of what Jesus has done at Calvary. I, I believe where Paul said, I, I'm persuaded I'm so believed. I done past believing. I, I done got persuaded where if you want to tell me that his grace is not sufficient to supply my every need according to his riches and glory, now, sometimes I, I take that for salvation, but I also take that, that his grace, that grace that he gave us, it came with the Spirit of God that's going to live inside of you, that takes you from a point that you can do what you want to do. All of a sudden, it takes you, and the Bible said in 2 Corinthians, that now you've been made a brand new creature. Bible also said the one thing, you're not your own no more. Wouldn't that be something? You don't come to church today, but when you leave, you ain't going to be like you walked in here. That's enough to make a lot of folks to want to go to hell right there. Said, look, if it means I got to quit being me. Wait a minute, brother. Let me go look in the mirror. Oh, no. No, I like that gal right there. I like that guy right there. I like that man I'm looking at. I like that woman. No, you're not going to be able to be that person no more. And then you're going to be purchased. You mean I'm going to be purchased like a slave? That's right. You're going to be purchased to a point, the Bible said that when we was lost, we was instruments of unrighteousness. Can I share it with you again? You can take that guitar right there and you can go find you some, some rock and roll songs and you can go in a beer joint last night and you can play rock and roll song. You can play Hank Williams Jr. song. You can wear that instrument out and use it for the devil and you can tell the crowd the lyrics of his song that I'm whiskey bent and hell bound and all my router friends, y'all just come on down and you yourself, along with that guitar, can be an instrument of unrighteousness. And I'm just going to tell you something. If you've got somebody that's hanging around you and you ain't telling them about Jesus, 
and you ain't been faithful to the things of God, I want to tell you something, you've been an instrument of unrighteousness. And then that goes back to what I was telling you, that you can't serve two masters. <laughs> Whew. Boy, lost folks, y'all need to hurry up and get saved. I, man, I wish I didn't have to worry about nobody in the house being lost there. I just have a good time. Woo! Man, I always think about why God, why won't he let preachers preach in heaven? There won't be no need in preaching about it. I just got to thinking, man, how good it'd be to preach to everybody sitting in front of you is Holy Ghost filled. They're not walking in the flesh no more. They're walking in the spirit. They got up this morning and they know that every good and gift, good and perfect gift come from above. They like David said, I will enter to his gates with praise and thanksgiving. I mean, when they got up this morning, they said, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, that's the way they, they come in the parking lot. Can you imagine preaching to some Holy Ghost-filled people that's filled with the Holy Ghost, knowing, Brother Eddie, there's nothing I couldn't do. And the Bible said, let everything have breath, praise the Lord. Can you imagine how it'd be to preach in heaven? Huh? You know, you play football and somebody score a touchdown. Yeah, I could get on and Andrew to come and do a little thing and I have one to run this way and run this way. And I said, well, they said, well, they're going to run into one another, not one another out. But see, they done practice that. And they just jump up together and bump chests together. And they just say, take that. <laughs> I get to think about heaven. What heaven's going to be like. If, if, touch, if, if scoring a touchdown or winning something that ain't going to mean nothing in a few days, Trophies in my room and they're just having dust. There's a lot of people like, man, if I could just win something like that, that thing don't do me no good, no day of my life. It don't put no gas. It don't put no thrill on me. It does absolutely nothing for me. It barely did stay exciting from Fort Worth to here. Basketball players. Boy, when they come in, boy, they give me, give me something right there. Boy, give me a five. Give, give me something. All through life, we get so excited about everything in life. And the Bible said, here's what I want. I want to give you, I want to give you something. He that liveth and believeth in me, believeth this, you shall never die. Now, he wants you to prosper to be in good health. The Bible said, he will withhold no good thing from him that walk up right before the Lord. He won't, he won't withhold nothing from you. So whatever you want in life, you know, Brother Billy wants a new Chevrolet truck. <laughs> if it's been like everything else, I remember Brother Billy was driving a, a, a gas a truck that got about four miles a gallon, a three-quarter ton, can't keep a rear end up under them old Chevrolet trucks. His heater wouldn't work, defrost, he'd have to hang his head out the window in the morning to go to work to drive down the road. Then I remember when he came up here with a Lexus car. What's telling me about that moon roof on top of it, Brother Randy? <laughs> Told him to crank it up. He says, it's already cranked, Brother Eddie. I just ain't never been used to being around Billy with a car that quiet before. So God wants good things. He, he, ain't, he didn't come to withhold nothing from you. And then on top of that, if you'd be willing to die today, but I'm only going to tell you the truth, from this day forward, it's going to make you do things that that old man didn't want to do. Right. Yeah. 
That's where the hang-up is. That's why, brother, it's this many is going to come to me that day and say, Lord, I ain't I done all these things. You know, I don't get drunk no more. You know, I've cut it down to where I just, I drank a six-pack, but I just won't get drunk. And I don't cuss as much as I used to. And I ain't as arrogant as I used to be. But, but you know what? I'm, I, I think I'm doing just a little better. Brother, this thing ain't about doing better. This thing about Christ is, the Bible says, except a man be born again, he shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That means you've got to be that new creature, and just like I explained to you about that guitar, it's brought in here this morning for somebody to pick up and play a song on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. The Bible said just like that guitar right there was used for unrighteous, he's wanting to take you. The Bible said in him we live. Mm. Oh, we live. You mean to tell me, Brother Eddie, the rest of my life, I'm going to have to live for Jesus. Let me tell you something. You can be saved and still go fishing. You can be saved and still ride a horse. You can be saved and still go shopping. You can be saved and still play golf. You can be saved and still play badminton. You can be saved and still jump off the diving board. You can just do it with joy in your heart. So that scripture said, in him, in him we live. The life that we're now living, we're living in Christ. We're, we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ is living inside you. In and of yourself, does that make you perfect? No, but i tell you one thing. <laughs> you think somebody you head around, you can nag. So all they do is nag all the time. They just always nagging. <laughs> you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. The Bible said to him, much is given, much is required. Let me tell you, there ain't nothing God would ask me to go through in life, and if he, if he stopped my life, my heart from beating right now. I got a home in glory. <laughs> Paul talks about it. He said, whether I live or die, Brother Mark, he says, I'm in Christ. I, I'm here in Christ. I'm living in Christ. If it wasn't for Christ, I wouldn't be living. My life wouldn't be nothing. If I still belonged to the devil, it wouldn't be nothing. The best I had was hell. So then I got saved, and he promised me eternity, a home in glory. Okay, I got it this morning at 11 o'clock, 11.30. I got, I got a home in glory. I'm going to be in a place where it ain't gonna, I ain't going to never die, and I'm going to get to be there forever and ever and ever. And it said, eyes ain't never seen it. Man, I'm going to see things you ain't never seen. If you're lost, I'm going to see things you'll never get to see. I'm going to see things that don't compare to anything that you'll ever see in your lifetime, that you'll ever experience in your lifetime. And eyes ain't never seen it. Ears have never heard it. I'm going to hear things that you probably paid a lot of money to go listen to. And it's not going to compare to anything that's what's going to be in heaven. And neither has it entered the heart of man means you can't even drum it up in your heart. The best thing that your heart's desire could want for, can I compare to what I'm going to have in heaven? How come you raising your voice? 
because that next verse says, but the Holy Ghost of God has revealed it to you. I know I'm telling you about it. You may be here a religious person, a lost person. There ain't two cents difference between either one of them. You may be a good old religious person. You probably gonna keep on coming to church as long as your wife makes you, your husband makes you, your mama makes you, or you just feel bad because you don't go and you want to be a good moral person. That's the reason why you come to church, but you don't want nothing and you ain't gonna allow nothing to control your life. To be a Holy Ghost person, you know what it's, what it's all about in a nutshell? Why folks are choosing and the Bible said that hell is enlarging itself every day. It's because the Bible says once you come to know Jesus, are you listening? Come on. Yeah. You'll go home and turn that TV on. Listen, somebody tells you you go put $1,000 in his mailbox and, and you're going to know everything. You'll listen to that garbage. Let me tell you something. God wants you to be an instrument of righteousness. It ain't entering the heart of man. That spirit of God that's inside of you are going to reveal to you just how good it's going to be in glory. Man, are you to the point that you, that you wish God would come today? Are you to a point when you've got people all around you that are suffering, that are laying in a hospital and they're suffering, and you think, Lord, how long are we going to wait for these lost people to get saved? And then Paul said in one place, he said, Lord, come quickly. He said, I done fought a good fight. At the point of his death, he wrote, what, 13 books of that Bible, maybe so. And, and he just said, Lord, I done fought a good fight. I done kept the faith. And, and he said, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm right here for that prize that's been set before me. My word. God is so good. And it gets so real. So in him we live and we move. And our identity now, who we are is in Christ. We don't, why, why do we want that? I don't want that old identity. I, I don't want that identity that I had up under Eddie Martin because he ain't no good guy. There ain't nothing good about him. I'm going to tell you something about you, ma'am. It's the same way about you. Ain't no good about you. Those little things that we have to go to glory. I wonder why he's doing that. Well, imagine somebody that comes to heaven and somebody's over there just putting an arm around, patting old Bill like, I wonder why they're patting old Bill for. You don't want them crazy, sorry, low-down, good-for-nothing folks. Like, no, brother, they're talking about drug addicts and drunks and prostitutes and all that kind of stuff. You don't want nobody always got that last thing to say, Carl. Wonder what they're doing that nice thing for. Wonder what they're helping that lady for. I wonder why they were in that line fussing. <laughs> I knew when I got here it was going to be a bunch of fussing. Sure is going to be a bunch of fussing. Bible said last going to be first and first going to be last. I'm going to say, oh, no, Daniel, you're going first. No, Brother Eddie, Brother Daniel, I was so much blessed than you was. I, you know what? I could walk better than you could. And you say, yeah, but Brother Eddie, I, I appreciate it more than you could. And me and Brother Daniel are just going to be getting in front of us. I said, no, let me take this. You don't need this no more. He said, no, let me have it. And we're going to all know how blessed we was. And we're going to all know how much Jesus loves us. And we're going to all know all the suffering that he gave for us so we could have a home in glory. And Lord Owen ain't going to have them bad legs he's got. He, he's going to be walking around with us, Doug. He ain't going to have no tubes in him. And everything's going to be straightened out. Let me tell you something. It's hard for a saved person to go through all the things that we see and for the bride of Christ not want to go on to glory. 
Man, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for heaven. I'm ready to go. If we live here 30 more years, I ain't got no problem. Whatever you want to do tomorrow, we'll lay brick, we'll ride a horse, we'll climb up on the roof, whatever we need to do. But all this is, it's just waiting on glory. Paul had a situation, and I'll try to close here before long, but he, he's going to make a statement after a while. And, and, he, and, he, and he walked up on these folks in verse 16, and it says these words, it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Has your spirit ever been stirred about anything? Can I ask you again? Has your spirit ever got stirred? Has your spirit ever got stirred? Has it ever got stirred? Is there anything inside of you? I know about a bad thing that, that would say you need to get back at them. If it's the last thing you do, you need to get them. You need to make sure they pay for what they did to you. I'm going to tell you, you know what the Bible said? It said, whatever you render... Brother Mark, it said, whatever you render, <laughs> that's what's going to come back to you. However you forgive, that's the way you'll be forgiven. However you treat, that's the way you'll be. Look at, you're going to be dealt with that. You, you're really, we're really judging our own self. Man, when I get to think about somebody else may be bad, when I get to talking, I say, they ain't bad as me. The Bible says you know yourselves. You know how bad you are. And when we start to think about how bad we are and how good God is and how he saved us and how he redeemed us and how now we've got all the pieces of equipment we need to be anything that we want to be in Christ Jesus. Can I say that again? You've got every piece of equipment that you'll ever need to be all you'll ever need to be what you need to be to Christ Jesus. It's all there. You know all things holding that back is sorry, low down you. That's it. You can't love everybody. You can't love your neighbor. You too hung up with yourself. You don't want no good for them. Lord, if you've seen them drive up with a brand new car in their driveway, it bothered you so bad. Huh. You look around your house a little bit bigger than their house. They done drove up with a brand new spanking new car and people look at it. Honey, would you just come here to the window? I, I'm going to show you something you ain't never seen before. Now, how in the world will anybody, you know they ain't paid this and they ain't paid. Now, how in the world have they done got them a brand new car? How in the world was they able to afford that? I'm going to tell you the reason why I afford that with your wicked self. The Bible said the wealth of the wicked is laid up. They're using your money. Yeah. Boy, she didn't have them old Holy Ghost clothes on you wearing. She may not have put her hair up on a bond like you putting yours up, but while you was all talking about it being a show about what you were doing, that little old lady is sneaking around here and carrying a chocolate pie down the road to somebody, giving somebody a sack of little candy or something when you were sitting around whining and complaining that you was the only one doing anything. Am I preaching to anybody? Hmm. He said these words. He said, I waited. His spirit was stirred in him. His spirit got stirred in him. And when he saw that the city holy given and adultery, meaning they, they was depending on other things. I went in and I was asked to go pray for a man one day. 
And I walked in the room and I knew him well and he knew me well. Never been in no church service with nothing like that. I just knew him well. Someone asked me, you might want to go by and pray for him. I walked in the room and I said, hey man, I come by to pray for you. That's the first word I said. And he said, well, you can if you want to. But I got him. And it was a little old statue of some saint that he done bought somewhere that supposedly was in the Bible. The Holy Ghost of God said, don't you get out of this room. And don't you run down that hall. If they holler your name, don't you dare turn around. Now, you want to ask me what I was doing? I didn't know what I was doing. I spoke to Johnny Wayne about this morning. The Bible said, don't you cast the pearls before the swine. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting there today and you lost, you lost everything you're doing is leading folks away from Christ. You're not making, you're not making any step whatsoever to lead nobody to Jesus. Nothing. Everything you're doing is absolutely contrary to the Word of God. You'd be one of those swine that the Bible talks about. And the Bible said after you've gone to them and you've shared with them, the Bible's going to tell you it's going to come a time that you're going to shake the dust off your feet. I got out of there. I got in that elevator. That man was in there for a little old something didn't amount to nothing. Next day he done had a stroke. Things weren't going good at all. But I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't going to let him take what I was representing, meaning Jesus, yeah. that hung on a cross for his sin. And when I got ready to pray, I was going to say in Jesus' name, the one who hung on the cross for your and my sin, he said, by these stripes you're healed. And every time you got healed, I don't care what it was, if it was an earache, if it was a toothache, if it was a backache, if it was a toe ache, if it was cancer, no matter what it was, if you got a healing, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible said every good and perfect gift come from above and ain't no need us letting somebody use our Jesus and act like it ain't nothing to it. Uh, my word, what a man. What a man that was asleep in a boat one day, Brother Mark, and, and, and the winds and the waves were just tossing to and fro. This is the Jesus I'm talking about. I know sometimes it can get so far-fetched. We go hear somebody preach a three-point and a good poem, and we go home and it's a good joke, and we remember it. <laughs> but let me tell you something. God, that man that was on that boat, he was asleep in the wind. And the way, Sister Connie, just like it's come in your life, just like it's always going to be, Job said life is full of trouble. You're born in this world. You're going to die in this world. You're going to suffer in this world. If you live long enough, there's going to be problems that you're going to have to face. Can you imagine one day, younger people, can you imagine? One day, Brother Doug, don't mind. Brother Doug Hupp back there. Stand up, Brother Doug. I want you all to look around at him. Go on. Look, I want you to look at him. Just get a good look at him. Sit back down. One of these days, all you young folks, he was young like you was. Since I've known him, let me tell you what's happened. He had a son. Come to this church. He gave his life to Jesus. 
He went with me on a mission trip. He was up under a deck. We was building a deck on the front of this house, and we had to put some blocks in, and he was up under that thing, and he was doing that. He was putting them blocks up under there. I remember seeing him up there so well. We got back to the hotel room, and I said that right. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, I, we got back, and, and, and we done got some different two boxes called the handle. He said, I want to go back, and I want to straighten all them twos up. Then me being the preacher, you know, I, I was kind of chilling. Wasn't long, Brother Kenneth, your husband, he come and got me. Brother Kenneth come in, he's kind of a short guy. And we done already talked to a couple guys about Jesus. They was kind of smart aleck about it, and I was fine. That didn't matter. I'd probably been the same way. Brother Kenneth come got me, said, Brother Eddie, you got to come, said, uh, Doug's in a little jam down there with two guys. That's all. I guess the fight's on. Let me get me some clothes on. Let's go down there. I get down there, sure enough. I just walk up on it. And you know what? You know what Doug Huff's son's doing, Nick? He's trying to tell these two guys that are about drunk or acting like they are. I always say you see a wimp. You put a beer in his hand, he gets about 12 inches taller. Then you put a cigarette in his hand, he gets about two foot taller. They ain't drunk. They just want to act like they're drunk. And they're being real smart to him. They belittle him. How you know that? Nick ain't been, Nick, Nick ain't been, and he's like, all I can tell you is what I've seen and heard is what he's telling all I can tell you, sit right over there. All I can tell you is what I know in my spirit. All I can tell you is how I felt before and how I feel now. And I know it's real because I can tell it because it's alive in me. He's giving them just simple things. He don't have Bible verses yet. And finally, I speak to them two guys, and I said, guys, I'm this guy's pastor. He ain't been saved long. And he's done a thing by faith. He's asked Jesus to come in his heart, and he ain't seen him. He wasn't there when he died on the cross. He wasn't there when he shed his blood for your sins. But this guy ain't got nothing to gain. He ain't trying to get you to be a member of his church. He ain't trying to get you to like him. He just honestly loves you. Now, if y'all don't want his love, just tell him you don't want his love. But I don't want you mistreating him like you're mistreating him. I'm going to ask him to go to his room. It's time for him to dust his feet off. Y'all being too ugly to him. Boy, I tell you what, about made me cry. Doug, your son, tall as he was, he put both arms around both of them, looked at them. He said, y'all, I'm going to go, but I love you. We come home from that, from that mission trip we was on. Last thing he did, sit right there, right where y'all sit. Right in there. Last thing he done, he marched around these pews with his hands up. I seen him when he got ready to go. I just want to tell you how life may go for you. Doug Hupp's son left out of here. He was headed to Covington, and they called me, and they said, Nick, done had a wreck. Doug, I talked to the man that was driving the vehicle. 
He said, I don't know. I said, I'm, I'm the guy's pastor. Can you tell me anything? He said, I can tell you what I've seen. He said, I've seen him coming. And the last thing I've seen him, I don't know why he did this, but he just put his hand straight up like a that. The driver of that church bus said, the last thing I've seen him do, and I don't know why he done it, I've seen him coming over in my lane, and he put his hands up like that right there. Now, I'm just using Brother Doug Hupp to tell you that life that you're starting in, you young people, there's going to be some things come your way. Man, you need to go and give your life to Christ. And you know what? I pastor people come in these doors. It's all about them. They complain about this and that. You ain't going to believe what I went through and all that. And I got Brother Doug Hupp going through what he's going through. You know what he's got now? I now know how hopeless this is from, from Houston, what he went through. Now he's got a grandbaby that was born. His little name is Owen. When Owen was born, can I say this this way? His legs was up here, his feet. What would you do if you're a young lady? What would you do if you're a young man? You done had your first child, and first thing you see him, his feet's up by his head. What are you going to do when life comes your way? And then I come and pastor people and their babies are doing fine. Their baby's feet is on the floor. Their babies can run. Their babies can jump. Their babies can play ball. And when it comes worship time, they'll hide somewhere. They'd rather hide and get somewhere where nobody can see them rather than worship the Lord. And one of these days, we're going to stand before the King of Kings. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be exactly the way you was in the last church service. You're not going to get the Holy Ghost when you get to glory, brother. All of a sudden, you're not going to be happy because you're going to be in glory. The Bible said, however tree falls, is where it's going to lay. And I've had people leave and said, Brother Eddie, you're trying your best to make us Pentecostal. No, I'm trying my best to tell you that you won't go to heaven until you get yourself out of the way and you can see God for what he is and know you couldn't make it without him. He was stirred, this man was stirred in his heart because they had all these idols that they made such a big deal out of. You can't see Christ because, Luke, well, thank you for being faithful. You can't see Christ because you probably done made an idol of one of your children, but you can't see God and gave you the child. You made an idol out of your children. You done made an idol out of your grandchildren. You done made an idol out of your home. You, you done made an idol out of your occupation. You just done made an idol all that stuff that, man, I just, that's the most important to me. My job is just the most important thing to me. And when it was God that gave you your job, it was God that gave you the health. I made idols. Oh, we meet somewhere, somebody. I just don't know what I'd do without her. Oh, you'll make it all right without her. But what you won't make it all right is without him. You'll make it all right without that husband. You'll make it all right. You don't think you can. I don't see how you can make it. I don't see how Brother Doug's made it. I don't know how other than it was the power of God. And he's got a son that he's been told about that had them hands up and he can't wait to see him one day. He'd be the tallest in the crowd. 
And I want to tell you this, tell you this, life ain't going to be so fair to you. It ain't going to be so fair to you. If you make it through life without some tragedy coming in your life, you'll be so blessed. So as I try to close right here, Paul is crying. He, he's kind of in the dilemma. He, he's preaching, what's going on? What's going on everywhere I look in all the temples, there's all these idols, every little shed, every little portico or whatever that's built, every little place. Y'all done built a statue somewhere. Never given glory to the Lord. And when he, after he had said that, he, uh, the Jews went to making fun of him. They was like, Who, who's this babbling man? What, what's, what, what's, what's he saying about things? And, and, then, and then he got down to where, where he said, Paul stood in the midst of verse 22 and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're just too superstitious. For as I passed and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Huh. You ever heard people say, well, you know, the man upstairs. You don't see what I see. The ones that are blessed the most seem to appreciate the less. Carl, you ever feel like you done got blessed the most? I feel like I done got blessed the most. I just seen something to discourage me, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be closing. But you ever feel like you done been blessed the most? But you know what? I'm sure there's folks that look at you and look at me and look at you, Brother Mark, and look at you, Brother Doug. Say, boy, they having it tough. They probably looking about what y'all wearing today. They done summed y'all up what y'all are. It ain't like you couldn't go bought something else, Brother Mark. It wasn't like you couldn't went and put you a suit on with a tie. It ain't like you can't afford to go get you a tie and some nice shoes. They ain't afford, ain't you done? But you know what? That don't mean that much to you. See, I ain't got to, y'all saying, we, I, we ain't got to do all that to be all that, Brother Eddie. We ain't got to have the fanciest boots, Brother. We ain't got to have the lair, but you got one that's fine. We ain't got no problem. I remember for a long time I preached with blue jeans, you know, just blue jeans and a shirt, you know. It's all good. Cowboy. And I got to pastoring. Well, I got to realizing that the old saints appreciate the pastor wearing a suit. So I got to think about when I go see them, especially with Barbara Flores' his mama, and I, I thought, when I thank y'all, I'm drawing off y'all. I, I got hit with something while ago. But anyway, uh, I got to thinking, I'm going to see Barbara Flores' mama, Miss Betty. And I, I, I got to thinking, I said, you know what? When a pastor comes sees her, she expects to have a suit. So I got me a suit on. I remember when Barbara come up the first time I was at Baptist Station, she said, well, look at you. You got a suit on, you know. <laughs> so for whatever reason, I, you know, these... Uh, these little britches here, they, they are a little, you know, they're a little looser. Jumping around, and the Holy Ghost get on you, you know. They're a little looser to get around. Kind of like your pajamas, you know, after y'all went over and eat all that and you got home and put them stretch britches on. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I remember coming into church one day, 
and said, oh, you got a suit on. I said, I thought we didn't have no dress code. See, have you ever noticed it all works one way, don't it? Have you ever noticed by the folks that would call themselves country and they'd be proud like, oh, Brother Eddie, you know, yeah, he preaches. I like going over there, so he got his old blue jeans on. Well, you going to go listen to somebody because he got a blue jean? The other man had blue jeans on, stole Joe lawnmower the other day. <laughs> it ain't the clothes. It's kind of one-sided for folks that don't want to wear suits. It's kind of like, yeah, you us, man, if you're wearing blue jeans, you know, we, we're just going to idolize you because of the way you dress. Remember where I'm closing? Houston, will you play me something, maybe? I shouldn't. Brother Ben, I shouldn't let things bother me so bad. But I'll, I'll explain it to you, Mr. Benny. Because I, I know you, my friend. If you was teaching somebody, you, you're good as welder was, you made me a handrail, that best thing ever was. I tell somebody the same thing over and over and over. And I know you. <laughs> you say, look, I got to let you go, man. I'm, I'm telling you the same thing every day. You know, every day. I, I, I'm expecting you to get up there and spot that steel down on that roof. And I ain't got you to the point you, you know. You tell them the same thing over and over and over. Once we feel with the Holy Ghost, the preacher should not tell you the same thing over and over and over. I got thinking a while ago. I got thinking about his disciples. He said, how long must I do these things for you? He said, these, some things only come by with praying and fasting. And it seemed like you're just trying to get folks, can't get the train wheels off of. It, it, may, be, it may be something to the church in general, y'all, the reason why the lost world's not coming to Jesus because they don't see no Jesus in us. They don't see no excitement in us. They don't, they don't, they don't hear us bragging on the Lord and how good he is. And, and they, don't, they don't hear us maybe praying for other people and us saying by our lips, Lord, why are you so good to me? And how come Brother Doug's having to go through that? Lord, I don't know, but God, you know, Lord, I just want to thank you and get up and, and be grateful and thankful. I, I don't know why, why it is. Why it is. Hmm. Won't we stand? Lord, I, I sure do love you. Lord, when I started today, I... I didn't know I was going to have to fight with my church members. Lord, I, I was really just had my mind on that lost man. 